You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Hey, Kent Hunter here, the founder of Church Doctor Ministries, and I want to share with you today the power of intervention. Last month, I finally caved in. My head had been congested for three weeks and I wasn't getting any better. So I went to see my doctor. He asked me some questions. Those questions are called diagnosis. Then he told me, it sounds like you have a sinus infection. That's called prognosis. He then told his phone nurse to call the pharmacy and order some antibiotics for me. That's called prescription. The end result? I feel a lot better. And I'm much more productive in every area of my life. And I'm annoyed at myself because I waited for so long to get help. And that's called foolish procrastination. <laughs> Early on in the Old Testament, God intervened in the world. It was the world he created. But he intervened, and he was there when Adam and Eve came into being. That's why you and I are called human beings, because God brought us into being. But you see, that's not all. God was there intervening throughout ancient history, through Moses, Elijah, a burning bush, all sorts of ways, even with a flood and a huge boat. By the way, if you haven't seen the Ark replica in the Midwest, you need to see it and go through it. It will blow your mind. Yeah, that's God in action, even in an ark. In ancient times, it was amazing all the ways that God worked through intervention. Did he ever wonder if he made a mistake along the way? Did he ever perform an intervention that he would later regret? You know, like the slavery of his people in Egypt? Or what about the Romans occupying the Holy Land, which God had promised to his people? What was he thinking? Why would Jesus be born into that mess? Maybe you wonder, was God sleeping at the switch when the breakout of COVID-19 occurred? Or what about all those people who died? Doesn't he know that wearing a mask for a couple of years is a pain in the face? Am I the only one who questions God about not seeing another person smile at me for two whole years? What about when I smile to be nice to another person and then I remember, oh, they can't see my face? 
Where is this God of intervention? Doesn't he get the diagnosis, the prognosis? And for heaven's sake, where is the prescription? It makes me wonder, has God lost the power of intervention? I know we get anxious, upset, even blame God. And we ask hard questions. Why does it seem like the world is going to hell? Why all the stress, the violence, the politics, the unrest, the division? And what about the decline in faith, the closing of churches, the aging of congregational membership, the loss of a big portion of younger generations, drifting from faith and eating the hearts out of their parents and grandparents by the loss. Yet you have to wonder, does this stuff really represent the problems? Or, as my physician would look at it, are they just the symptoms you see, good doctors are focused on the issues behind the issues. You know, the cause of stuff. You know, the root, not just the fruit. Is God silent, or does he really know what he's doing? Or, maybe to say it better, does he really know what he is allowing? Is this his way of getting our attention? If it is... How many Christians are ignoring him? How many Christians are just sleeping through a holy opportunity? Ever think about that? Holy intervention doesn't always make sense. I mean, Jesus enters the world of the Holy Land when things were hardly holy. God's special landing place in, for Jesus is occupied. His people are terrified. His religious leaders are mystified. Nobody, almost nobody got it, except for a few. And those people from the Roman Empire, man, those people crucified people. They taxed God's people and sent the cash to a pagan emperor. That was God's timing for Jesus? What was he thinking? Not what was he thinking, but how he was thinking. You see, his thinking is holy because he is holy. Honestly, it's not the way most people think. Sometimes it's not even the way Christ followers think. Sometimes it's not the way even pastors think. Sometimes it's not the way I think. Until I think it through. From God's perspective. Ever think about that? You've probably heard it before. When things are at their worst, God is at his best. What is that all about? It's about 
holy intervention. You see, when you and I are disrupted, you know, like my sinus infection, when you and I are disrupted, we are more receptive. I mean, I don't go to my doctor when I'm well. I go when I'm sick, when my life is disrupted. Disruption gives birth to receptivity. Disruption breeds receptivity. It begs for intervention. So Jesus brings heaven when God's people think the world is going to hell. This is holy intervention. And it works because of holy disruption. God doesn't cause a disruption. We do that. But he does allow that disruption because it makes us more receptive, more receptive to faith, more receptive to him. More receptive to the challenges of our own condition. Yeah, this is what we described in our book, Who Broke My Church? Which, as I look at that book today, I, I literally can't believe that we wrote it. Because it was God. It literally was God. I look at sections of Who Broke My Church, and I, I wonder, how, how did God use someone so fragile as us, as my colleague Tracy and I put that book together? It's why Christianity flourished in the Mediterranean world. But then after a while, what happened? Christianity began to decline. The movement waned. You know, I recently got back from Egypt. At one time, it was a Christian nation where the Eastern Orthodox Church in Egypt called the Coptic Church, it flourished. However, today, Egypt is primarily Muslim. You hear the call to prayer several times a day everywhere you go. And you're reminded, you're not only in a foreign land, you're in a foreign religion. Yet, in many nations south of the Sahara Desert, Africa is exploding with the Christian movement. It is really booming among the poor, among the disenfranchised, among those who are struggling. Yes, God has their attention. Most of those people south of the Sahara Desert have lived their lives in holy disruption. Let's talk about the health of your church. If your church is plateaued in growth, it is actually declining. If it is aging, it is actually dying. That is a fact. You know, I never like it when the doctor tells me the blank point, point blank truth that I need to hear. Who does? Except later when you say, wow, I don't want to hear that, but that was great. But you see, that's the case of the church 
in North America. It describes many churches in the U.S., Canada, and even in Europe. However, there are exceptions in every one of those places. Those exceptions are beacons of light in an otherwise dark scenario. While Christians tend to ignore the symptoms, you know, just like I did with my sinus infection, placing your head in the sand doesn't really change reality, not even the reality of the condition of your church and your nation and our world. Yet, when God gets our attention, and the attention of just a few, they can sound the alarm before it's too late. This is why, from my perspective, our work at Church Doctor Ministries is so rewarding. Among the almost 1,800 churches and counting that we serve, so many have had a wake-up call, what the Bible calls an epiphany. And in that wake-up call, they sought intervention. And that's what we do. You know, my friend Jim says so much that is brilliant to me. He's, he has spoken into my life so many times. He's a brilliant businessman in northern Michigan. And he came up with the name Church Doctor. And honestly, at the time, I, I really hadn't r realized the medical connection, diagnosis, prognosis, prescription, for what Scripture calls the body of Christ, your church. But it works. It exactly works. The name church doctor is not just a cute idea. It describes intervention. Your church is a living organism. It was birth. It can thrive. It can get sick. It can become weak. It can die. And what's really tragic about that is that your church is a living organism called the body of Christ. No Christian would ever want to see the body of Christ, even in a local congregation, die. It's all about what we might call holy receptivity. A look at our world reflects a massive movement of receptivity for intervention. Unbelievers, those who are far from God and those who have drifted from God, are more receptive than most Christians, even pastors, would ever believe. People without Jesus are literally lost. They have a spiritual illness that is killing them, not just a day at a time, but for eternity. And church people, people like us, church people have the cure. You point to Jesus, the antidote, the prescription is life with Jesus. So what is the diagnosis? What is the disconnect? Most Christians 
know how to diagnose people who are far from God. You could tell by their language, their values, their absence of any God talk, no Bible reading, no evidences of faith. Yeah, most Christians know how to diagnose those who are far from God. And most believers are somewhat clear about the prognosis. But the methodology, the prescription that worked for the church back in the day, for Christians back in the day, is not always the best prescription, the best approach for today. The theological issue is absolutely correct. Jesus is Jesus, always will be, always has been. But the real issue is the prescription issue. It's the same grace antibiotic called Jesus. But the way most churches administer it to people today in the world we live in, it's like giving unbelievers a shot in the arm with a hammer. Look, if your church is plateaued, declining, and or aging, you need to know, in truth, you are not far from an effective strategy. You have the prescription. You have Jesus. You just need to know how to better administer the antidote, which is Jesus. He is still the cure. He always was. He always will be. The world's disruptions at the root are always the same. They come in different forms, at different times, in different ways. But the antidote is always sure. God's love in his Son, who by amazing grace works to save every last person on the planet. So what is God saying to you? What is God saying to your church? Don't settle for decline. Don't ever give up on those you know who don't know Jesus. If your church, your place, the body of Christ, needs a shot in the arm, get help. Jesus died for lost people. Will you live for them? You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.